stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. Howdy and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Are you an entrepreneur? Are you thinking about becoming an entrepreneur? Did you give up as an entrepreneur? There are so many questions that we could ask around this. Um, Entrepreneurship is not easy and sometimes we get stuck and sometimes we are the bottleneck that is holding our business up. And this happens very often, so much so that my guest today, and I'm going to try and say his name, Laurent Nohan. I hope I said that right. It's actually French and I am really bloody lousy at French and I should have paid way more attention when I was at school. Perhaps for most of us, we would say Laurent Notton. There's how we would look at his name and pronounce it, but that's not correct because he is French. He's a coach for entrepreneurs, and this podcast is fantastic because he gives you so many nuggets. He also says it's not easy being an entrepreneur. You've got to have grit. You've got to have resilience. You've got to be able to get back up, you know, when when it goes wrong, and you've got to be able to pivot and adapt and all those things. And you've got to be strong enough to ask for help when you need it, which is something that we don't do because we live in a society that tells us it's weak when we have when we ask for help and you know as an entrepreneur egos can be so big but anyway today's conversation is really good we get into a lot of that and um i hope you enjoy it here we go welcome Laurent. is it how's that hello <laughs> hey good good one good one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We were just talking off air and I was trying to pronounce Laurent, Laurent's name. I think it's, let me have a crack at it. Laurent Nahan. No, no, no. I don't think I'm anywhere near it. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm I tried. Used to it. you know, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I've been living abroad for 23 years outside France, so I'm used to it. So how do you, how do you say it properly? Laurent. Laurent. Yeah, there you go. Laurent. Laurent, not no, no. I am trying, but I'm not very good at French. I, I didn't do well at French at school. We all had to learn it, and I wasn't very good at all. Only, um, you know, parlez-vous français. That was about all I learned. And that then if someone answered me, I didn't know what to say back to them. So, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that you had to learn French in Australia. This is so far away. <laughs> Yeah, we did. I think now it's a um, a choice, you know. But but when I was younger, it was French or German, and we had to learn one or the other. So, okay. I didn't do very well at either. So <laughs> I was I was only too interested in playing my guitar. So 
you know, it, it failed me, but I did have a good music career. So lucky I didn't go to France or Germany, but I'm sure music, music trans, you know, transverse. What did those? What did they say? It you know glides across all the all the uh, yes. languages, but I don't know the word I'm trying to say. Anyway, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here, Kerry. <laughs> That's fantastic. And at the moment, you're in Finland, and yes, you you are a coach. Will you coach entrepreneurs to get unstuck and um, mm-hmm. stop being the bottleneck in their business? Which I'm 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 fascinated to get right into that soon because um, you know I I, I see it all the time, and sometimes I can be my own bottleneck. So, and, mm. and you know. You're also you're you're a French national, twenty three years in Southeast Asia, and um, now living in Norway. You experience burnout. You know you do CrossFit. Like mm. there's such a fascinating story sitting under that. So tell, tell, how did you get to where you are now, and why all the countries and everything else? Are you a runaway? Uh, that's interesting, and nobody has ever asked me the question like that. And am I? Uh, I think I left because I left France because I had the opportunity. I followed my uh, ex partner uh, back then. That was like twenty three years ago, and I just I just finished my military service, and it was the last year of mandatory military service in France. And then I was not. I wasn't mature. I was I was going to job interviews, but I was failing miserably all of them. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> it was like it was. Yeah, I don't think I was. I don't think I was like in a great place, you yeah. know, in my head. Yeah. And I think that came as an opportunity, yeah, to flee something. Yeah. 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 And so I went there, went to Laos 23 years ago. That was on the 3rd of October, 1999. I still remember when I landed on the airport and the door opened. Yeah. And then I was, uh, you know, hit by the heat yeah. in my face. And I could see all the mosquitoes. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. I loved it from day one. It was totally, you know, Laos at that time, back in 1999, was like uh, underdeveloped. Yeah. Uh, but so I started for, for the first week didn't do anything you know just get acquainted with everything yeah. <laughs> I guess the new life we were living at uh, you know people's home they were they were very you know they, it was a couple and they were very nice to to uh, accommodate us for, for a week yeah. and then after a week I started contacting the French companies I knew where in uh, Laos to uh to which I I sent my CV before before leaving, and the first one I contacted was a market research agency, very small market research agency. I went there for a, a job interview, and they hired me on the spot. Wow. And they paid me like yeah, but I had to. Uh, they they were pay, they they said we can hire you, it's okay, but we're gonna pay you two hundred and fifty dollars a month, US US dollars a month. Wow! <laughs> and I was like okay. It's, Let's do it. I didn't really care about the money because my my partner was making enough for us to be to be entering a very comfortable life in in Laos. Yeah. So again, about twenty three years ago, it was it was very very cheap. Yeah. yeah. There. And so I said, okay, I need to I need to start working. I need to do something. And so I choose I chose the the experience. 
And then what happened is um, a year after I started working with them, I was kind of a, a project manager. They decided to move to Cambodia. So it was a, it was a couple, but the owners were a couple because they, they found more opportunities in Cambodia. And ours was, it's, it's a very small country, it's landlocked. And so they're like, okay, we're going to move to Cambodia. We need someone to run the company and it's you. Wow. Like, well, okay. I was 24 at that time. Wow. Uh, 24, still not very mature. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and because I was the person they would, they would trust the most. Yeah. I, I, they didn't trust me. They would trust the most among everybody, all the other staff, <laughs> all the other staff, locals. Yeah. And so they gave me the keys of the company and I started managing the company and again, loved it from the day one. It was kind of a wow. I, but I realized that later on that, you know, the, on the moment I, I didn't realize the impact it would have me, yeah. but, you know, thinking about it later on, this was like a key turning turning point in my life. Yeah. And it was, I, I just enjoyed it. I just, from that day, I just enjoy running, running a company and all the stuff that comes with it, you know, which I'm sure we're going to, we're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did that. I did that for four years, three or three. No, sorry, three more years. Then I went to work for a friend of mine in a who had a, who had a, a company, and I helped him like develop his company. Uh, and then I was contacted by another market research agency in Cambodia, and we are we are in December two thousand five. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> uh, <laid> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. If you forgot to, uh, to put it on, uh, on, on you. Please edit that part. We're all... Was, we're, Go on. We're back, we're back in December 2000, 2005. And he contacted... He sent me an email. So this is a, a market research agency saying, hey, I've lost my uh, research director. Do you want the job? Wow. And it was in Cambodia. And I was like... You know, I've been in in Laos for six and a half years. I was studying coming into circles. I was like, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and so we moved to we moved to Cambodia. I moved first in February two thousand six. My part, my ex partner uh, and our kids, because we had two kids, they moved they moved in uh, July of the of the same year. And I worked for this company for for eight years, and it was amazing. Like wow. when I went, I went there. I moved from research director, but nearly, nearly immediately, I was kind of the uh, unofficial director of the company, and I grew the company from when I when I came. We were doing like maybe uh, I think something around seven hundred k revenue, which was not was not bad. When I left, I was at one point three million with fifty staff, very positive cash flow. Because when I came, it was no. There were a lot of debts. Yeah, it was amazing. Eight years, eight years, fantastic years where I learned a lot about how to run a company. Like it was not my company, but you know, it's when you work for entrepreneurs because the, the owners were real entrepreneurs. They give you the keys and they say, "Okay, go on." Oh, by the way, I don't have any money, so <laughs> you know, <laughs> just do your thing. And it was, it was, it was great. And then I moved, and I moved to um, uh, the the. Uh, the regional director, because the company had offices in Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos, moved to the regional director, went to Vietnam, 
where and then I spent like the 10 worst months of my life uh, there, which turned into a burnout. I was in 2014. I resigned, went to uh, did, went back to Cambodia, did uh, started working uh, for an advertising agency, same as the as the uh, as the, the managing director. And I and this is the first time I tested entrepreneurship a little bit for myself because I had shares in the business. Mm. And then you know I reached the age of 40. And I was like, I've always been surrounded by entrepreneurs. My best friends are entrepreneurs. And, you know, I started, I, I had a virus in me, or, uh, the calling. I think entrepreneurship is a calling. Mm. And it was, it was, you know, knocking on my door. I was like, you know, I'm 40. If I don't do anything right now, I will never take the chance. Right? Yeah. And so now that I decided that I would be an entrepreneur and start, and start, you know, start my own journey, I had to find out what it is that I wanted to do. And it took me another year of just thinking, you know, letting letting grow into me. And I remember back in August 2017, and I remember this story because it's, you know, I, this is important. The day you start, you, 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 you your company was born. It's important because it relates to your purpose, to your to your why, which is something that is key when you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. And often and often tell entrepreneurs, go back to that moment, you know, yeah. because that is when everything started. And I woke up and I was at my parents on vacation and I woke up in the morning and I was like, I know, I found it. I'm gonna be a coach. Because it made just sense because I realized over the past, you know, year of thinking that what I enjoy the most is to help people. And I've always been like that. Yeah. And I enjoy, and I enjoy, you know, the, the, the training them. I enjoy mentoring them. I enjoy coaching them. I enjoy advising them. I enjoy the sparkles in their eyes when yeah. they learn new things, when they have a breakthrough and you know, they're going to change something. They're going to get better. This is the best reward. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about yeah. because yeah. you're a mentor yourself. And I was like, yeah, that's it. This is what I'm gonna do. It just it just makes it just makes sense. Yeah. And entrepreneurship, because this is a topic that I'm very familiar with. And so I decided to become a coach for entrepreneurs. I love yeah. it. I love it. You've <laughs> said it, you've said a couple of things in there like uh, that I'm interested in. Um sure. in particular, the you know, I love you talking about your why, you know, and, and I know what you mean. As soon as yeah. it hits you, you get it. You know, you just know what it is. But when you're talking about burnout before, you know, yeah. um, it sounds like a great, like like there were so many opportunities. Can you do this? Can you do that? It was kind of like the, the stars just kept falling in your lap, you know, to, to mm. get you to where you are. And so many people I've spoken to on this podcast, um, when we when we say how did you get there, they look back and they say, "Wow, all these things that happened that I didn't realize were stepping stones." You know, when I look back, I yeah. can see that they were there for a purpose. But but why? What caused the burnout? Because this is um a really interesting thing because entrepreneurs, you know, go hard. Do you, you know because they got so much invested in it? You, you know, and it's yeah. it's their baby and. And when you're talking about burnout, like what caused yours and, and what do you yeah. think causes other people's to, because it's, it is a really serious topic and can actually kill you, you know, if you don't yes. take heed of the warning signs and, and, and do something about it. So I do want to yeah. get to the seriousness of it because 
It is it is common in um entrepreneurs. It is it is it is very serious. It is common among entrepreneurs. I once interviewed uh, an entrepreneur on my podcast who told me that he was working so hard. You know, never rest. That's that's one of the main reasons. You never rest. You work, 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 yeah. work. That he reached a point where he was ready to give his company for free to the first person who come. Wow. Imagine that. Imagine that. I wasn't an entrepreneur at that time. Um, But what happened is that when I moved from Cambodia to Vietnam, I moved into an office in Vietnam that was not doing very well. And I knew, but I knew, I knew that. So because it was not doing very well and we, we had, we had plans, you know, that maybe I would have to close the company. Uh, And so my family stayed behind me in, in Cambodia. So I would travel back and forth between Vietnam Vietnam and Cambodia. So I didn't have any support in Vietnam, number one. But, you know, by then, yeah. I didn't realize that. Uh, number two, when I reached Vietnam, the office in Vietnam, I underestimated the, uh, how should I say that? The shithole it was <laughs> the, the office was in. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It, it was it was unbelievable. And so that I did a lot of stress mm. on my shoulders because I, I moved to a country that I knew, but I didn't have a big network over there. I traveled a lot between Cambodia and Vietnam. Uh, but I moved into an office where there were like 40 staff that we couldn't pay. Wow. I moved into an office where, you know, we didn't have any clients. There was no pipeline, no pipeline at all of clients. Basically, I had to start from scratch with 40 staff. So when when I when I moved to come to Vietnam, like I said, it was 40 staff. When I left 10 months after, I think we went down to 19 uh, or 14. So there was a lot of, you know, I had to make so many plans, uh, a lot of uncertainty. I had to make so many plans. I had to change the plans. I, I made a plan to to uh to uh you know close the company i made a plan to to uh what was it that like we only clo- because we had two offices in you know we only closed one office and we opened the we, we the other one open i mean there's so many 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 things and i moved into an office i didn't know the staff you know so when you move there you have to prove to those yeah. staff that you know yeah. you know what you're doing and you're the leaders and you have to act as a leader but you know i, I only had like bad news for them Mm. Um, and then on top of that, I started having issues with uh, one of the shareholders who was my direct my direct report, and that was like the cherry on the cake, <laughs> if I may say. Yeah. To the point where all these issues right now that I had with him is one of the only person that I don't respect at all anymore. You know, I gave so much for this company for for eight years. They paid me for that, you know. Mm. But there was like at the end, the, the, the relationship is, was completely damaged because of things he said and behaviors he had, et cetera, et cetera. And so I decided I resigned. It was too much. It's too much pressure. Too much pressure. I was only seeing my family like every other weekend uh, just, for, just for a quick time. 
I was by myself over there. So, you know, I was partying all the time, drinking mm. too much because I had to release the pressure. There was so much pressure on me. Uh, and, and then I resigned. I remember I took the plane to go to Singapore where one of the other shareholders was. I announced to him that I resigned. On the taxi on the way back to the hotel, I felt relieved. Mm. Like I was like, damn, yes. And so, but I, I gave a three months notice. This is what was within my contract. I found someone to replace me. And that person is still is still there, uh, managing the, wow. the office. And and then I moved I moved to France for for a month just to uh, you know, recover, but again without my family. And then I started my new position. And when I started my new position, so that the advertising agency, was something strange starting happening to me. I was like physically present. I knew I was physically present, but mentally I was not there. This is really weird to explain. Um, it's like, you know you're there, but you're kind of floating in your own body mm. and you just follow the flow. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're trying stuff and it doesn't work. You, you you just like, you put one foot after the other and it's, it's you don't know, understand how. You just follow, yeah. right? And so I know I was not at my best at all. And the type of burnout that I did, I didn't know it was a burnout. I, 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 just, I read about it later on and I found like, well, gee, that did a burnout. I don't think it was like very powerful, like it was not the worst, mm. but it, it definitely affected me, definitely affected, uh, you know, my relationship with my, with my, uh, with my ex-partner, affected my relationship with my kids. But all of that also started before when I was in Vienna because I was not, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. there. Uh, and affected me at work, but it seems that I don't know if they, I don't know if my my uh, my uh, business partner at that time saw it. Maybe he didn't because it, we never talked about it. So maybe I was I was good enough to uh, fake it. But it's I was and I was tired. I was I was tired. I was like, mm-hmm. no, I, I just spent I just spent like one month at my parents just to recover. But I was not recovered at all. And I, I was lost. I was lost. And then, I knew you were talking about my son's my life. Yeah. Then I found CrossFit. Well, yeah. I, would, I should say CrossFit found me. Yeah. So I had never been into sports. I was just playing like, you know, a little bit of football every other week with a local team. And, mm-hmm. But I, I got bored also playing football. And I was looking for something because I knew I had to do something. I knew I had to, uh, uh, let, you know, relieve relieve the pressure. Yeah. When I was in Vietnam, uh, one thing that helped me relieve the pressure was doing yoga. So yeah. I had like a, you know, a personal yoga uh, trainer. But I moved back to Cambodia and I was not happy about, I tried yoga, but I was not happy about the, the classroom, the teachers. I didn't like them. And so I was looking for something. And I had this lunch one day with, uh, with a friend of mine. Who told me about this uh, CrossFit box? It was very new. CrossFit, cross, CrossFit, or exists exists since uh, 2000. Was created in, in the early 2000s in uh, the US, but it, it, it took a, a little bit, <laughs> you know, to yeah. uh, to reach uh, Asia. And now we are we are back in uh, 2014 or 15. 
And he said, hey, you know what, you should try it. He explained to me what it was. I was like, oh, that's interesting. He said, you should try it because on a, on a, every Saturday morning, they do like a free session, just for like a discovery session for people to try it. And so I booked my time, went on a, on, the, on the Saturday morning, did a very short workout. So I explained to you what it is. I did a very, very, very short workout. Like the workout right now, when I think about it, <laughs> it's nothing compared to what I do now, eight years after. It killed me because I was not in shape at all. But I remember I was on the floor, lying on the floor. I was like, damn, that's it. This is the sport I've looked for my entire life. And I am going to stick to it. And that's what happened. That was eight years ago. And it literally, when you hear, you hear people talking about CrossFit and they tell you that CrossFit has changed their lives, it, this is exactly what happened to me. It has literally changed my life. Do you think? Be- and so, yeah. Now, go on. I was just going to say, do you think because it's given you that really um, a physical outlet, you know, so that you can burn off a lot of the stress and, you know, I think that's one yeah. thing entrepreneurs don't do is spend enough time exercising. Like I think that's oh, yeah. very good at sitting on chairs all day, but um, not burning. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. CrossFit, CrossFit is my is my avenue to release everything. Yeah. But also, it's the time when I don't think about anything else. Yeah. And that's really important. You know, I like to compare entrepreneurship with uh, entrepreneurs with professional athletes. Yeah. Because uh, entrepreneurs are professional athletes in their field. Yeah. You know, except they forgot that they are athletes. <laughs> and, and what professional athletes do is that they spend time to recover because they know the importance of recovery. Yeah. Entrepreneurs do not, most entrepreneurs don't understand yeah. that. You have to take the time to recover. I did a burnout because I was not recovering at all. I was, I would go back to, you know, to, to my family every other weekend, but my head was not there. My head was uh, back into all the problems that I had. Yeah. Uh, for, for example, I was doing a little bit of yoga, you know, which, which helped. But that was not that was not enough. I was partying, but partying was not was not the right avenue at all because I was drinking and you know that's I was not having my diet was not good. I was not sleeping enough, so he had it. It added you know a lot of pressure on everything else, and that's the thing. But it's 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 working out. It's it's sleeping. Sleeping is so damn important and so underrated. Yeah. Underrated. Sorry. It's 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 your diet. So many entrepreneurs that I know they don't eat enough or don't mm-hmm. eat well because they're busy working. Yeah, they drink too much uh, because they meet people. You know, social. It's 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 a social interactions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, they don't sleep. They don't sleep enough because they 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 have long hours. But how long can you sustain that? Yep. A pace, you know, until until it's too late. Yeah. Until you know, you may be in that situation. Or what I was talking about about my uh, my uh, my guest on the podcast who said, "Well, I'm going to keep the business." Mm. What saved him is that he started taking care of himself, and that's the thing that you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. If you don't take care of yourself, how can you take care of others? How can you take care of the people who depend on you as the entrepreneur, the founder of your business? Mm. How can you? How can you? You know, take care of your company how can you take care of your family hmm. so when you are like work 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 busy 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 all the time you can't you can't 
take care of all of that because you don't even give yourself time for yourself just to take take a step back and just relax. You know, you need to allow your brain, your mind to recover. It's like a muscle. You know, muscles grows when they recover. Yeah. Do the same. Do the same with your mind. Let it recover. You need that 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 time. Otherwise, your mind will go poof at one point. Well, do you know it's it's a problem with all humans, isn't it? Is that is that we think same with getting our car serviced and the whole lot. Well, while it's still going, uh, it's it's fine. <clears throat> you know, we don't do anything until it crashes. Do you know? You know, like we don't get the car serviced until it until it's what's wrong with the car? It won't start. You know, and it's same with yeah. our our health. We're kind of like, well, I'm still yeah. up and running, so I'm fine. But it's. Uh, I, I've put a lot of effort in lately because I'm, you know, I'm I'm 60, just about to turn 60, and it's kind of like, mm, Karen, you've been a very young 60 for a very long time, but every time you hit a decade, something else goes wrong, you know. So I'm kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm pushing my luck a little bit, so hit, hitting this age, but it's yeah. yeah, it's it's a funny game. What what do you think? Um. Uh, when you talk about entrepreneurs being the bottleneck in their business, yes. what, what's that? What does that look like? You know, wh- how does that? You, you know, what are they doing when they're the bottleneck? How do they become the bottleneck? And then what? What impact does that have? How does it show up? Sure. Uh, so, I can tell. I can give you that the three most common bottlenecks that I have seen. Uh, number one, it's the easiest one. Uh, the most frequent one is when you are lost into details. So, you know, when you start your journey as an entrepreneur, you do everything by yourself, right? And step by step, you're building something. Yep. Did you know, by the way, that uh, entrepreneur is a French word? It comes from the verb entreprendre. And entreprendre means to do something. That's ah. what entrepreneurs are. They are doers. They build something usually from scratch. Right, yeah. but yeah. the thing is, they don't really know, you know, which they don't have. They don't have. They don't have any guidelines, so they don't really yeah. know which which pieces is going where by when, and so there's a lot of uh, trial and error. Yep. And sometimes you have to start from scratch again. Yeah. And the other thing is that you never really know when the construction is going. Yeah. And so it's easy to get lost into details because you want to do everything. You want to control everything. Yeah. And as the company grows, you know, if you keep controlling everything, you're going to become the bottleneck because everything has to go through you. And if everything goes through you, how can the company grow? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. So this is where you have to start delegating. Delegating. This is where you have to hire people and uh, give them some uh, authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where also what is really, really important to do at a very early stage is to force yourself to take a step back from the daily operations, right? And think big picture. You know, take that helicopter view and look at, you know, the where you're going. Why are you going there? Where are you going? Are we still on track? How do I know when I reach my destination? All those stuff. Because as an as the as a the, the funder, you are in charge of that strategy. Yeah. And so that's that's the number one. Ties to this uh First bottleneck is the second one, which is the inability to let go. Yep. 
when you want to control everything, yep. it's very easy to say, no, 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 I'm the only one who can do it correctly. Nobody yep. else can. So I'm going to keep that. I have heard stories of uh, funders hiring leaders because they realize they cannot you know, do everything, but then not empowering them with decision making. Mm. So they had leaders who were not making any decisions. How is that helping them? Because they they were they would end up making all the decisions. Yeah. And so that takes the ability to let go, yep. to realize that other people can do a, a good job. Actually, they can do a better job than you. But also to realize that they're going to make mistakes, and that is absolutely fine because you're going to be there to clean. Yeah. But that will give you the power of you know doing something else, yep. focusing on what matters the most. And as the company grows, your role should evolve. Mm. As the company grows, you should be less and less involved in the daily operations and more and more involved into the strategic thinking. Yep. But you can't do that if you do not let go. I can give you an example of one of my first clients. It was uh it was an architect and he was we was we started talking and he was telling me that he's still involved a lot in uh, managing clients and managing projects. But he, he he understood that that was not sustainable moving forward. But he didn't want to let go and, and because he was telling me at the beginning because I love it you know so I was like okay let's start digging and we started digging a little bit and. We realized that the reason why he was not letting go, it's not because he loved it. That was a fake excuse. It's because he was not, didn't want to lose control of the quality. Yeah. He was afraid that if he hired someone to do his job, the quality standards that he had spent so many years yeah. building would go there. Would decrease, and that would in turn affect his his customers. That is why I didn't want to let. Yeah. So what we did is that we worked together on you know seeing the the, the pictures differently. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking at it as a as a challenge, let's look at it as an opportunity to actually increase the quality standards. And from there, you know, what sort of staff do you want to hire, etc., etc., etc. Mm. So that's that's bottleneck number two. Yeah. Bottleneck number three, which is coming back to the one, it's a lack of uh, clarity of direction. Usually, when you start your business, you know why you start your business, but then as the business grows, you kind of lose that clarity, and you're going to reach a point where you're not sure where to go. Should I go straight? Should I go left? Should I go right? What sort of decisions should I should I be making? This is the time when you need to go back to that why. Yeah. Go back to that story I was telling you about at the beginning. You know, why did you create a company? Remember that story. Because that is the DNA of your company. That is that will never change. It's like the, it's like the human DNA. Yeah. I how aligned are you with that DNA today? Yeah. And often you realize that you have you have lost track. You are, you are misaligned. And if you go back to this alignment, it gives you, it gives you, you know, it's a, what's it called in French, a raison d'être. It's a reason to be. 
reason yeah. to exist. Yeah. And this is very powerful also for your staff. Because once you explain to your staff why we exist and why we do the things that we do, you know, it's kind of a beacon for them or a flag where they can gather and, yeah. you know, all, yeah. to, all together. Yeah. And it makes more sense for them. It gives them another reason to wake up every morning and come and come and work for you. And yeah. also it will help, It will if they understand it, it will also help them execute it. Yeah. Better. It helps them with so their meaning, the with their meaning and purpose too, doesn't it? Do you know when you, when you, when the the boss, whoever that is, is clear, you know, with where we're going, the leader, um, everybody else can then get on board and say, yeah, look, I resonate with that, and that actually brings exactly. me meaning and purpose when I'm aligned to that. So, and some people are not going to align, and and that's okay. They can they can leave or, or whatever, but those that really do align to it, if you give clear vision, yeah, I love those three. Well, I don't love those three reasons. I mean, I, they're very good three reasons, but, you know, it, the, the, the sad part is, you, you know, that most entrepreneurs are are bottlenecking, you know, and are stuck. Yes. And and so so what, um, what are some do's and don'ts? I know you've said, you know, get out of the way and let let go and all that sort of stuff. But what are some good do's and don'ts for entrepreneurs? Um, I'm I, 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 I'm just thinking where to start. <laughs> <laughs> There's that many. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that I see I see a lot of common patterns. Um, so I would say one of the keys is to focus on cash. Do not worship the money. Never start a company because you want to be rich. Yeah. This is 100% guaranteed failure. Yeah. Do not believe all the gurus that tell you you're going to be rich first because there are a lot of other ways to become rich. <laughs> to be richer is than to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, and remember that, uh, you know, I, I think I read something, statistics like three in five million startups become, become an unique, a unicorn. So wow, it, yeah, there's a lot more. The, the the chance to fail is way higher than your chance to succeed. Yeah. So don't worship the money, money, but do not forget that you need cash to grow your business. So yeah. cash should be your cash and managing the cash should be your number one priority from start. Yeah. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs who do not who are not equipped with the basic financial management skills. And that is a problem. Learn. I know it's a bit boring. I know it's numbers. I know. But it's not complicated. You don't have to be an accountant. Yeah. You understand financial management. To be able to, what you need to do is to be able to understand the flow of the money within your company yeah. and be able to read some financial reports, like your income statement, for instance, so that you can make informed decisions. Yeah based on, you know, your financial results. Yeah. So the, 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 you know, you should at least have like three, I think, uh, basic financial tools. One is your income statement, which I just mentioned. Another one is a budget. So many companies don't, so many entrepreneurs don't make a budget, like an annual budget, which you should, you know, continuously revise, yeah. revisit, review. And then you should also have like a cash flow forecast file. Because cash flow is like it's like real money, money in, money out, projected over a certain you know number of weeks. Yeah. So I would say that's that's number that's number one. Um, I think 
The other thing that I see a lot is um, the lack of strategy. You now I was talking about the lack of clarity of direction. The clarity of direction is the is the is the it, it's, it comes from the strategy. But if you don't have the why, if you don't clear, if you're not clear with your why, you cannot build up a strategy. Yeah. And the strategy basically is okay. I know why I'm doing that, and now it's where I'm where I'm gonna go. What is it that I'm selling? You know who am I selling it to? How I am going to sell the thing that I sell to the people that I sell it to? And how do I know that I've reached my destination, that I am successful? Right? That strategy, uh, as the as the as the main head of the business, you should be in charge of. But also, of course, you need to involve your staff because they 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 are on the ground every day. Yeah. Right. And a lot of companies, a lot of entrepreneurs, either they don't have a strategy, or they don't they don't they don't you know communicate it to the staff. So the staff also like you know working blindfolded basically. So the strategy is like you wouldn't drive your car blindfolded, would you? Because it's it's too dangerous. Yeah. But no strategy is like driving your business blindfolded. Wow. So don't do it. <laughs> what, about, what about solopreneurs? Because you know you're talking a lot about yeah. running a company and you and you're looking after your staff and you want your staff to follow and you know be invested and have buy-in and all that kind of stuff. What about solopreneurs? Like what what's um you know are they yeah. worse? Are they are they worse? Than- yeah, it's easier uh, solopreneurs. I know I'm a solopreneur myself. Yeah, it's easier. Too. It's yeah. easy to get the the bottleneck in your business. But actually, that brings me to my my, my 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 next point, which is always surround yourself with people, right? Yeah. As a solopreneur, what I see a lot is that I hear a lot entrepreneurs saying, I am alone, I feel alone, I am isolated. Mm. No, you are not. You're not. Because, one, you're not the only entrepreneurs. And trust me when I say you're not the only one with the same problems. Every entrepreneur have the same issues. Every time I run a mastermind group, for instance, at the end of the first session, everybody is like, you know, I ask for the key takeaways from the session. Most of the time, everybody is like, oh, well, my key takeaway is the fact that I just realized that I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the power of realizing that you're not yeah. by yourself. That's powerful. That others share the same issue. It is. It is very powerful. Yeah, yeah. So you're not alone. As a solopreneur, you're not alone. You, 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 yeah. So surround yourself with people, surround yourself with peers, surround, surround yourself with mentors. You don't have, necessarily have to pay for mentors. You know, you, yeah. you can ask, you can ask people that you know. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go to the next, to the extra miles, surround yourself with a business, a business coach, someone that you will pay to make you accountable for yeah. for your work. Uh, if you want to build something that goes behind you, and you move from the category from solopreneur to entrepreneurs, well, we need. To hire people, yeah, you need to hire the right people, yeah, and so that that would be my you know, my 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 third comment is surround yourself with people internally and and externally. Mm. Very 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 key to success. Every business is made of people. Cannot make it by yourself. Yeah. Uh, what else would I would I could I could I share? Um, Maybe one is on on sales. Because yeah. I hear a lot of entrepreneurs say, ah, I'm not good at sales. You know, I don't know how to sell. <laughs> I've heard that too. <laughs> yes. I used to say That's that. Not, yeah. 
What make change your mind? Um, I just decided, you know what, I have to get some courage and I have to I, ha I have to value myself. So once I, I did a bit of a stock take on myself and thought, well, what is it that I'm offering? And then I thought, wow, that is so valuable to the people mm. buying it, you know, which is facilitation and that. And it's like I was I was charging half the amount and I was once I realized that wait a minute Karen you the value you're bringing to companies is way 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 more than you would even charge at your top rate do you, you know then I it just yeah. it changed everything I and I also had this um uh sort of a mantra that I would say to myself or I'd say it to other people to to people that I was this is what I'm offering if you need it well let's talk and if you don't need it, let's yeah. have a coffee. <laughs> as yeah. simple as that, you know. And, and they were like, "No, no, we want that. We we want that." And it was just um, such an easy opening line. And um, and and some sometimes it's just a coffee, and that that's perfectly bloody fine. And I don't go out selling. I never go out selling. You know, it's mm -hmm. um, it was it was a yeah, shift in my own value. That's what it was that made me change. It's very it's very interesting because that's that's what I see also. You know, it's not. Selling is not about selling. It's big. Yeah. Entrepreneurs think they're not good at sales because they're not looking at sales the way they should be looking at. Yeah. And most of the time, they think that selling means convincing people. You don't yeah. have to convince anybody no. because nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares about you. Yeah. What they care about is what's in it for them. Yeah. And what I see, uh, a lot of, you know, the common mistake that I see is entrepreneurs being stuck into the technical solutions yeah. rather than focusing on what's in it for the customers. What are the benefits for the customers? And yeah. you see that all the time. Every time you, every time, you know, so how many websites have you read where it's like all about we hide, this is what we do because, you know, we are the best. You yeah. know, there's so many websites like that. But that's not what it is selling. Selling is about you. Mm. You have this problem. We have the solution. Not, you know, we have the solution to this problem. No, switch language to from we to you, yeah. That that is key to uh, to uh, to selling, yeah. And so uh, and yeah, so that would be the 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 other most common mistake. I, I've I've realized that I've mixed the do's and don'ts together. So it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you should say, you know, talking about um, sales and that there and, and what's your problem and I've got a solution. You know, on LinkedIn, I get that many people trying to tell me what problem I've got Do you know, and then and yeah. I've, got a, I've got a solution to your problem and I think to myself, I don't even have that bloody problem. Stop telling me I've got that problem because I don't have it. And it's, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that block button. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very quick fingers with that. So with your coaching, like you know, yes. you've, you've woken up in France. I mean, now you live in Norway. Why did you move? Why did you Finland? Finland. Oh, Finland. Finland. Why yes. did you move to Finland? Oh shit! Well, oh, I'm sorry. I've been saying Norway the whole bloody time. Sorry about no, that. No, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I moved. I moved to Finland uh, three years ago because I followed my uh, new partner. Yeah. And she's so we met in Cambodia, and uh, she wanted to go back to Europe, and me too. I was after 20 years in Southeast Asia. I was uh, fed up. Yeah, well, it's time to make a move, and so we decided to move to uh, to Finland because it, you know, it made sense. Again, kind of made sense. Is it nice in Finland? So, it's uh, different. Yeah, <laughs> never I, been. I there. needed. 
But yeah, it's 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 a nice, it's a lovely country. They've just been elected for the sixth year in a row as they are the happiest country in the world. Wow. Um, yeah, I think it's because of the proximity. One of the reasons is because of the proximity to nature. Yeah. It's very easy. Helsinki is a small city. It's only like eight hundred fifty thousand people. I think you got you got forests everywhere. Like inside, in the middle of the city, you have a big forest, and uh, you go outside of Helsinki, and immediately you are surrounded by nature. A lot of forests, a lot of green spaces, yeah. uh, a lot, a lot of uh, you know lakes. I think they have like hundred eighty-eight thousand lakes. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's it's and so and Finns love nature. A lot of uh, most families they have what they call like a, a murky, which is like a summer cottage, where they all go to during summer. It's next to a lake. It's been in the in the family for generations. Uh, sometimes you don't even have like uh, water. Uh, or you so for some 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 monkeys don't even have like electricity. But there is that. I think there is also the sauna culture, which is really important here. I mean, you go to sauna and then in winter you go to sauna and then you dip into the, the frozen lake, which is yeah. amazing. Um, also, I think there's a lot a lot of trust, but maybe maybe not a lot, but more trust than in other countries in the in the government. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is which is important. Um, I pay tax here. I pay a lot of tax, but I kind of see where the money is going. Yeah, yeah. You know, for instance, the the society is very digitalized, and they put they put some you know they they put a lot of efforts in developing the digitalization of the services of the public services, which is which is great. I I, I love it. So no, I've 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 really enjoyed it. Um, wow. So far. And, and I needed a change. Like I said, I needed a change. I needed like, um, you know, Southeast Asia, if you know a little bit about Southeast Asia, yeah. it's very chaotic. Yeah. Uh, which was fun for 20 years, but after 20 years, it was too much. So I needed like a country where there's a little bit of discipline, where people stop at the traffic light when it is red, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that, that is what, that is what I wanted. And I got, and I got here. Yeah. yeah I got, I got this. I got also closer to nature. Yeah, it's a different nature, and I missed. I really missed the snow, and here we have a lot of snow. If you go to Lapland, it's uh, during winter. It's just amazing. Lapland, well, that is somewhere I do want to go. It's funny you talk about um, nature and how that correlates, mm. probably correlates to um, people being happy. And isn't it isn't it funny? Not funny. I'm being very sarcastic. How stupid we are as humans in that nature is what fuels us and and actually keeps yeah. us balanced and healthy. And yet here we are going around completely fucking nature over without any regard whatsoever. And we look at our window and we go, oh, why? It's green, but we just we got. We, we can't yeah. think beyond that. Anyway, don't get me on a little rant about climate change and all that other shit because I'll go. I'll go down my rabbit hole now. From <laughs> from Finland, <laughs> you're coaching, yeah. and um. So so, how do you think coaching helps? Like, I, I I understand how coaching helps, but like like a lot of people don't come to coaches. You know, a lot of people sort of resist yeah. and resist. And yes. no, I've got it. I've got it. You know, like. What sort of yeah. breakthroughs when someone does decide, look, I need a coach, I need help? Like, where does it sort of, what happens? What cracks open and, and makes yeah. a difference for them? 
Well, I think I think the uh, the realization is uh, what you said is I need help. Yeah. Not necessarily a coach because yeah, people entrepreneurs don't realize don't know that coaches exist. It's yeah. only because we know understand the importance of a coach when it comes to sports, but yeah. we cannot we cannot see the parallel with other other fields. Yeah. But a coach, but a business coach do what you do is kind of very intangible for people, right? Uh, I can't promise you that I am going to uh, turn around your business because I don't do the work. You do the work. If I yeah. coach you, you're going to do the work. I just guide you. Yeah. Um, and but the the main realization is to is to to say I need help. I I I am I'm stuck. I need help, and I need someone, you know, external. Mm. Someone who has who has no idea about my business. Someone can look at what I've been doing with a complete new pair of eyes. Yeah. Completely objectives. I, my position allows me to ask very stupid questions because I don't know anything about the business. So I have, I have to ask, you know, and yeah. sometimes I don't even know about the industry. So I have to ask more stupid questions. And those stupid questions usually, you know, are very helpful for my clients because these are questions they haven't asked themselves for yeah. such a long time. Yeah. And and so yeah, it's it's a realization that it's time that I do something about it. You know, there are there are several several levels of you know I want to change. It's easy to say oh, I want to change. I'm going to do like New Year resolution. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody can say that. Easy. Yeah. The thing is, what are you going to do? You know, you say you're going to hit the gym every day. All right. Do it. Just go and do it. And we stop doing it. We start doing it. And then we stop doing it because oh, life gets in the way. And because it requires a lot of discipline. It requires a lot of, um, you know, grit. Yeah. It's not easy. You want to go to the gym and get abs? You're not going to get abs in 30, in 30 days. Like, uh, you know, so many, so many coaches, so-called coaches tell you that is not going to happen like that. Yeah. Because it's only the gym. If you want to get abs, you also have to change your diet, sleep better. Right? It's, it's, it's all it's yeah. the full package. Yeah. This is so difficult to do because it does require a little bit of pain along the way. And yeah. We don't want that. We have the chimp in our head. You know the chimp in our head? Um, I think this, by, by, by the way, this is a great book about the chimp paradox. I forgot the author. But. And so that chimp in our head is very, 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 very strong. And he always tells us, you know, what you should, what we should be doing, which are not the right, the right thing, because he wants, he wants um, quick reward. Yeah, yeah. That's why we're so good at, you know, uh, mobile phone, mobile using a mobile phone, and, yeah. and social media and stuff like that. That is why we don't go outside, yeah, and walk. Um, but to be able to shut the chip requires willingness requires effort and requires realization that it's time that I shut him up or her. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the first that is the first thing. I can't not help you if you don't want me to help you. Yeah. And it and it comes back to to when you're talking about pain, you know, we've yeah. we've we've developed a culture of 
um, as seeing it as pain or, you, you know, th- when we ask for help, it's a sign of weakness. Do you, you know, like if I yes. have to ask for help, you know, I'm going to look like a coward. I'm going to look weak and that's going to give me pain because people are going to think bad things of me. And actually what a, what a stupid culture that is. Do you, you know, like if, if we, yeah. because if people love helping other people, like as a society, we love helping each other. But we don't ask for help, do you, you know. So, so when, I think when somebody does reach that point of saying "I need help," they they really have reached that point where they're prepared to be vulnerable and pre- prepared yeah. to actually, uh, you know, ask for it. So, but yeah. I, I think it takes a lot to get there. I really do think it takes a it, lot. It does, and and uh, entrepreneurs have big egos. Yep. You know that's that's one of the reasons they are successful. It's because they put their ego. That their ego drives them, but there is good ego and bad ego. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and entrepreneurs have a lot of uh, you know bad egos, and where they where they're like, I know I don't need, I know everything. You know, I've done it, been there, I've done that. No need, no need for your help. Uh, and it's interesting because yesterday I had a I had a mastermind session, and one of the uh, one of the participants was talking about. The things he would have done differently. Yeah. Uh, he went to so he did. This guy went to a point where he thought about killing himself at one moment oh, wow. because of all the pressure he, he he had, and he was going through like a really bad. And he's, but he, he did not. Well, it was good good for him. But he was telling into the to the other to the other members of the group. He was saying that he was driven by his ego, and he wished he had. He had had someone like a coach or, you know, a board of directors appear who would have told him, oh, well, hold on, this is a great idea, but what's your business plan to get there? <clears throat> you know, uh, and have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? Rather, it was just going like, okay, I'm going to grow the business because, you know, I'm going to look fabulous. I'm going to look good. And, and that way of running the business uh well fight fight back into yeah. him and well, well it's hard. Where he, he it's hard because <laughs> entrepreneurs are ideas people you know and yes. and they don't like they like to come up with an idea and then galvanize it let's go let's go you know yeah. like that but there's exactly a, there's a there's a there's a, a a part in the middle that's missing and that is the discernment that is yeah. discerning that idea and going back and forward with the idea and discerning it until you until you actually get something worth galvanizing. And it's 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 the part that most entrepreneurs miss. And 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 it's also like if you've got someone who's discerning your idea, it's very easy mm. to interpret that as you don't like my idea. You're just trying to bring me down. You're just trying to steal my idea. You're just trying to, you know, whatever. So we have a lot of negative thoughts around the yeah. discerners. Yeah. But to be a successful entrepreneur, you actually need discerners around you, yeah. and you need to yeah. listen to to what they've what they've got to say. But yeah. well. I absolutely love this conversation. Now I'm going to ask you about because this this um, get off. Of course, this podcast is called Get Off the Bench. Um, yeah. What advice? What advice would you give to others? To well, I was going to say to follow their dreams, but maybe uh, no. I was going to say then to unstick themselves, but you've already sort of covered that. Okay, so we've got an entrepreneur, someone who's got a great idea, 
and they're about to launch into their entrepreneurial journey, what advice would you give them so that they don't end up in the shithole like everybody else? (laughs) Well, they need to realise that they might end up in the the shithole like uh, like a lot of people. That's 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 the thing is that a lot entrepreneurship is entrepreneurship is a mindset. Yeah, it starts in your head. So you have to be okay with the fact that there's a high chance. No, no, sorry, no. The chance that you will fail is hundred percent, and yeah. failure can have like different different level. Right? Yeah. you will make mistakes for sure. But what is important is your ability to get back up every time yeah and you might be feeling down for a while that is okay it's yeah. fine you know because sometimes you hit you hit walls uh hard yeah that's fine they will knock you down for a while but then get back up and you know learn from it and start doing it again yeah and again and again and again, so you really have to build your your fortitude. You really have to develop your your, your grit, and that is that is one thing that if you don't have, you know you're really weak in here. Maybe consider consider another another you know job. Yeah, yeah. The I, other thing I would sorry. On. The other thing I would mention is um, entrepreneurship also. Is a calling. It's it's you have it or you don't. Now, a lot of if you go back to Southeast Asia, there are a lot of mom and pop shops. They do that because they need they need to survive. Right? Yeah. But in a in a more advanced society society where you are a bit more privileged, if you want to start a company, it's it's you feel it inside you. It's like it's it's there. Mm. It's maybe sometimes it takes like eighteen years, like for myself, <laughs> but it's it's in you or it's not. If it's yeah. not in you, don't try to be someone you're not going to be. It's okay because it's not for everybody. Being an entrepreneur is not for everybody. Yeah, you know when you're going to start, for, you have you have to realize that when you're going to start, you're going to have if you want to do something like big, you're going to have to convince people to work for you for free with no money. You're going to tell them, "I ah, don't worry, I'll figure out the money." You're not going to be paid. You're not going to get any salary for quite a while. You're gonna even even worse. You're gonna put your you may put your all your savings into the company, yeah. And after a year, you realize that you have been nowhere. You have reached nowhere. You have no customer. You've got lost all your money. So that that is really 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 difficult. Yeah. You have to realize that not only you have to develop your mindset, but you also have to acquire like some technical skills. Like some of, I talked about like financial management, selling. But there are other skills that you need to be really good, really good at. Yeah. You do pretty much everything as an entrepreneur. You have to learn so many things about so many, so many stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is really difficult. Really, really difficult. Yeah. And I I know of um people who have one in particular, um, who mortgaged their house, you know, sold their house yeah. and put it all into the business. She succeeded, but she is um, one of these people that has got grit. Do you know, she she really sort of, um, yeah. she really works stuff out and really makes it work. And, and she, she, she's very successful, but she did it. But I also know of other people who have done that and have not made it, you know, and, and have 
uh, become depressed and you know have, have ended up with mental health issues and that sort of stuff so mm-hmm. i think what i think the the key to it is exactly what you're saying is that you've got to have some um you got to have resilience grit and some optimism that you know Perhaps there's, this didn't work, but perhaps there's something better around the corner. And there's also that point about when do you quit too, you know, so, and I don't think any of us mm. know that point. Like that, that's one of those, um, there's that There's yeah. that meme of, you know, two people digging, digging in a mine under the ground, you know, and one of them walks yeah. away just when he's one strike from hitting. hitting yeah. The- yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, really one, like it's like, it's like your calling, you can't quit. But you can do something. You can do something else. You can pivot or whatever. Yeah. The the other thing I would I would say, and I've been thinking also while you were talking, is is if you if you want to start something, but you really have a job, for instance, you know, yeah, don't quit your job. Yeah, you know, continue do that as a as a side hustle. Yeah, until until you feel it's the right time to go. Yeah. But I would say also on top of that, validate your ideas. I, I, many, many startup funders, what they do is like, oh, but this idea is going to change the world and they fail because they have, they don't have an, a, a go-to-market. Yeah. You know, they don't have a product market fit. So yeah. Because they, have, they didn't spend time, ego again, yeah, they didn't spend time validating their ideas. Yep. So an idea is good, you know, but validate that idea among your potential customers because yeah. you're going to learn a lot of, you're going to learn a lot. And if you see that, you know, the answer you receive are negative, don't don't go. <laughs> yeah. Do something else. Change your ID, pivot, uh, whatever. Maybe maybe the opportunity is not now. Maybe maybe a bit early. Maybe you come later on. Yeah. And that's where ego and vulnerability, you know, we, we, which clash with each other, you know, like let your yeah. ego go down and let your vulnerability come up. And, you know, if people say no, well, that's okay. I think we're all scared of failure. We're scared of rejection. We're scared of criticism, you know, all of this sort of stuff. And as an entrepreneur, yeah. that's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. And it is. you just got to. You got to ride the wave. Get, get on the wave and get dumped a few times, and <laughs> ride it, yep. ride it when you're when you're high. But it's um, well, I absolutely yep. love this. So, where can people find you? Sure. Uh, so the best way to reach out to me is on my website, uh, laurentnotin.com, or on LinkedIn. Just uh, look for my name, and uh, I will answer. You. And if you can't spell it because of his uh, <laughs> I love it. Your accent is beautiful. <laughs> Probably people can't spell your accent, but uh, it, it will be in the show notes anyway. So uh, it's um Thank you. yeah. I I have absolutely loved this. <laughs> it's been wonderful, <laughs> wonderful chatting with you. And um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Gary. It was it was great. Thank you. See ya. Oh, guys, that was fantastic. There's a lot of gold nuggets in there. And well, not all um not all happy either, because it, it is a hard bloody thing to be an entrepreneur. And a lot of people, I think, do think they might become an entrepreneur because, you know, um, I've got a great new idea and the world's gonna love it. And it doesn't usually happen like that. So it's a great thing that there are coaches out there like now I've got to say his name, Laurent. No here, no huh. Bloody hell, I'm terrible at bloody French. Well, I'm good at it in 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 bloody bloody bloody. 
Anyway, it's uh, we would say Laurent Norton, and that's how we would say it or spell it. However, with respect, it's not actually said like that because um, it's French and he deserves for me to say it properly, but I can't. But anyway, what a fantastic conversation and I, I don't know, I, I'm, you know, really thinking that if you're getting a coach, and and I was just talking to Laurent before uh, we we said goodbye. Is that what I admired about that conversation with him? Is that he was telling the truth and you know sharing the the hardships and of entrepreneurship and saying that it really is really can be a kick in the guts and and you've got to have grit and you've got to get through it. And I really admire that he was you know telling telling it as it is. So. If you are an entrepreneur and you have reached a point where you feel stuck or you feel like, I don't know what's going on, maybe I'm the bottleneck and, um, I, I don't know, you've reached a point of vulnerability where you're actually saying, I need help, um, maybe a coach is the right way to go and maybe that coach is Laurent. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, reach out to him. I'll put the uh, website and all these contacts in the show notes and Have another fantastic week. Thank you for joining me again, and I hope next week's a ripper. See you then. Ta-da. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, karenvaughan.com, tinker around there, have a bit of a look, and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.